Let's all join together and pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you are our rock, you are our redeemer. Amen. Do you know what an idiom is? Got to be careful with how I'm saying that, right? But do you know what an idiom is? It's a figure of speech, especially used in English, but a lot of other languages too, where you take a bunch of words and you don't go with the literal meaning of those words. Instead, there's a brand new meaning that gets assigned to them. Uh, and to understand the meaning of an idiom, you just kind of got to know what it means, right? So here's a couple examples of English idioms. To spill the beans. To take a rain check. To get cold feet. Now you guys understand all of what that means, right? Or kids, maybe you got to ask your parents after this. But uh, it's because you've learned the idiom. You know the meaning. You know what's going on. For non-native English speakers, for kids who are learning these things, maybe it's going to be a little bit harder for them to do this. Idioms can kind of be hard in our language. One thing I think idioms do really well, though, is they kind of peel back a couple of the layers of culture and they reveal a little bit about us and who we are as people. Usually there's a story, a deeper meaning behind how an idiom got its meaning. And today, I think we've got one that really helps us think through, especially when we're talking about our worth and how much we're worth. If you've heard it in an unsarcastic way, ooh, you got a big compliment. Here's the one for today that's so important. You are one in a million. What does that mean? Literally, there are not a million people and you're the only one there. It just means you're special. You are unique and important to me. If I could compare you to a million other people, you'd be the one to stand out. One in a million. If you hear it, yeah, unsarcastically again, that is a big, big compliment. Well, I think this idiom, one in a million, does tell a story about us as Americans and who we are and a little bit about how we think because we as Americans, we are all about individuality. You need to stand out from everybody else. You need to come up with your own look that nobody else has. You are going to create your own path in life, one that nobody else has taken. Simple, short words, you do you. Be the one in a million. Take that path and make your own dreams come true feel that? You know people who think that way? I think us all together, we are an individualistic culture. And for a lot of our lives, that's fine. Good news, you don't have to copy somebody else's hair. You don't have to watch movies or TV shows to know how to put clothes on and to dress. You can, guess what, you can like whatever sports team you want to like, and it's really okay. It doesn't matter. But spiritually, there's going to be some problems that we run into this. Spiritually, this is not going to work out great for our lives. This 
individual mindset, this is going to be exhausting. To have to try to create self-worth so that God looks at you in a different way apart from other people around, that is like a never-ending run on a treadmill. You're not going to get anywhere, and in the end, you're going to break down. Because the truth is, you cannot make yourself worth more than other people. You are not going to be able to make yourself worth one in a million to God. I think we've got some pretty interesting mindsets around the topic of worth and how we define worth and think about worth in our lives. Because another American culture thing that is just deep buried inside of us is that you and I hate, absolutely hate, a bad financial deal. Don't we? So you go to the store and you've been waiting to buy the big thing and it finally goes on sale. So you go and you buy the big thing and you feel pretty good about yourself until the next week and you go back to that same store and what happened? The price went down from there. Ugh. That sticks. We can deal with like rising prices and stuff going up. We can deal with even like money falling out of our pockets and getting lost on the ground somewhere. But getting taken advantage of financially, we got a problem with that. Because for us as Americans, money is worth something. Money is a big part of our lives. And you and I are going to do everything we can to get our money's worth out of the money that we have. I don't think this mindset around worth, though, is limited to the finances in our lives. I think that kind of getting everything you can out of it perspective is everywhere. It might be unspoken, it might be deep down inside your heart, but it's there. It's the worth that you try to find in yourself as your rank goes up and up and up, and maybe even a little bit faster than the other people around you. It's the worth that comes from the good grades that you get, that you studied hard and worked for, and you see the A on the top, and then you look at theirs, and, and it's not an A, and you feel a little bit better about yourself. It's the worth you find in your friends and the compliments that your friends like to pour on you because you're doing pretty well in life. It's the worth from having the to-do list in the morning, and at the end of the day, having seen all of those things checked off. I think it's even the worth that comes from doing what's right according to what God says is right and saying no to all of the bad things that you need to say no to. It is self-created, self-worth. And spiritually, that's going to be a problem. Because self-created self-worth at the end of the day is either going to leave you feeling good because of you and what you've done and what you've accomplished or it's going to leave you feeling like a complete failure. Because it depends on you and you alone. Spiritually, this isn't going to work. Let's think if God, who remember is God, who does see absolutely everything you think and say and do every single day. Imagine if God did follow you around and God not only looked at the good things you did, but God was also watching over the bad things. What do you think his bad list would look like in a normal week? 
even without doing it, I think I can guess some of what those things would look like. Is it the hidden anger that you've been bottling up inside that out here people don't see very much, but alone or with your family or with the people underneath you at work? Then it comes out. Is it the lazy, half-hearted way you're applying yourself to school, to your job? When you can take time just doing nothing, you do take time doing nothing? Is it the way you're absolutely ready to critique and criticize and look down on other people for their struggles and not even think about how you might be able to help them at all? Or is it the blown opportunity to share Jesus with somebody that doesn't know Jesus, that is living a life apart from Jesus, that you're not really sad about? Instead, you're kind of glad that that opportunity went and gone and now you don't have to feel that pressure anymore? Can you imagine if God would come up with a list of all the ways that we fail to do what we need to do every day? Your worth, my worth, cannot come from ourselves because the truth is you and I will never do enough to balance out the good with the bad. We need something else to tell us our worth. You want God to tell you what you're worth. Really. Yes, even though God knows absolutely every bad thing you've ever thought or done, here's how God values you. For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Oh, as Americans, don't you love how God says that here? Not by money, not by worldly standards, not by the kind of things that people have valued since the beginning of time. Take a second and pause. Maybe try to rewire your brain a little bit. That's not worth. It's the blood of Christ. It's Jesus and what Jesus has done for you. It's his perfect sacrifice in your place. It is the son of God giving himself up for you, you're worth Jesus' forgiveness. You're worth that to God. And the cool thing is God says this isn't some sort of halfway or sort of kind of thing. This has been God's plan to show you your worth from the very beginning, from before everything was made. Here's how he says it. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. God's plan from the beginning to show you your worth and now he wants you to know. Before he made anything, God valued you and your forgiveness so much that this was how it was always going to be. And here's maybe the most important and best thing about your worth to God. It does not depend on you. Not one moment, not one thing, not one day your worth and your value to God, it's all on him. And through him, through Jesus, you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and your hope and your value are in God. So, stop the comparisons, the stress, 
the work and simply trust in him and what he's done for you. Because to him, you're worth it. Do you remember the really big GameStop news back in uh, 2021? I know it's a couple years ago. Do you remember what that was? GameStop is this video game company that uh, sells used video games, new stuff. Uh, do you remember that in 2021 it was kind of on its way down into bankruptcy? It looked like the company was going to close. It was going to be done and finished and over. Until people on the internet decided we can't let that happen. Do you remember what they did? They went to the stock market. They bought as many shares of GameStop as they possibly could. I think it was like multiple days in a row so that they had to stop the trading from happening. And the GameStop stock went from uh, less than a month shares at about $4 to a share all the way up to $80 a share. So all these video game enthusiasts who had bought like tiny little amounts of GameStop stock, uh, now, a month later, it was worth tens of thousands of dollars. And if you want to read, you can read at least three people who were really, really big into GameStop. Do you know what happened to them? They had like tens of thousands of dollars invested before. Do you know how they came out in the end? Millionaires. Overnight millionaires because they owned the thing that was worth it. But that wasn't the end of the story, was it? Because if you didn't sell when it was at $80, if you didn't get out when it was worth way up here, what happened? The stock dropped. And now today, it's slowly on its way back down to kind of where the original value was. This isn't just the story of GameStop, though. This is the story of every single thing on the stock market, right? If you would have bought into Apple when it started and sold now, you'd have some money. Amazon, Google, all these things. If you could know where the worth was going to be in a little bit, you'd be rich. But that's the problem with things in our world. That's the problem with trying to understand and find worth just in what's here. You're never going to know if it's up or down or where it's going to end. Playing with some valuable, worthwhile things, kind of uncertain. But not with your worth to God. If you've been feeling that way about your spiritual life, about your relationship with God, I, I got some really good news for you today. It's never going to be like that. It is never going to be up and down and all over the place. It's never something that's going to make you worried or question or wonder how God feels about you. Because it's never going to depend on you and what you're doing. And if people invest in you enough here, your worth to God is steady and solid and absolutely never going to change. Why? Because that's what God says in his word. Now that you've purified yourself by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are just like grass. Their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. 
and this is the word that was preached to you. You will always be worth God's love and his forgiveness because that's what God's word says to you, and his word is above us. It tells us what God is thinking, what God has done, what God feels about you and me. His word is going to outlast you and your kids and your grandkids and their kids after that. It's going to stay certain throughout political things going on in our country, throughout world wars happening. It's something that we as people can hold on to until the day that God calls us home to heaven. Because God's word is God's word not ours. And in his word, he tells us that we are worth Jesus' forgiveness. One last thought for today. I don't have any pets, uh, so I think this is a different experience coming for me, but for most of you, I know you guys do and you love them. It is a high honor to be asked to babysit somebody's pet, right? It means that people are going to trust you it means that they think that you're going to do what's needed to take care of that animal. It means that you've got some work to do. So if someone asks you to do this, you do it, right? You go over to the house at least twice a day and you walk around. And when they go to the bathroom outside, you clean up uh, after they go to the bathroom. It means on your lunch break, you go and you change the water so that they've got new fresh water. It means that the way that that owner treats that pet as their absolute prized possession, as maybe one of their favorite things in this world, that you are going to try to treat that pet just the same way. Do you know that's what God is asking you to do today too? Not with pets, not with just things of this world, but with you and who you are. That's really what this whole section in 1 Timothy is all about and what God is trying, in 1 Peter is trying to lay out. God is encouraging Christians to think through how much he values them so that they take care of themselves and their lives. So that they try to reflect what God has done for them so that it changes us as people. God tells us our worth and our forgiveness and how much he loves us and that it's not going to change so that we start living with this perspective up front in our heads and we see ourselves this way and that we try to take care of his treasured possession by trying to reflect his love. That we have this constant awe of him and how much he values us and we'll try to show that to other people. So one in a million? Eh, not really anymore. You know, now you're about one in eight billion and you know more about yourself you're one Jesus died for you're one who's worth it all for him you're one who's forgiven amen